Hey everyone, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. Welcome to The Breakdown. Here we are. Yes, sir. Another day. Another week. Man, summer is almost here. What a weird start to our late summer, it's early been, summer. It's been staggered. Yeah. Yeah. I say late because I, I'm assuming post-Memorial Day, we're expecting a lot of this heat wave and mm. no rain, cold, but hey man, the sun is coming. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's been like that other places too. Oh yeah. Uh, when, I was talking to one of my friends in Virginia and he was saying the same thing, that it's been not not that hot. Yeah. 80s, which usually for them, it's 90s. Yeah. I keep thinking my kids have been doing this work in their school on like climate, uh, not climate control, but what is it? Climate change. And I keep wondering, okay, so if it's cool in summer and warm in winter, where does that play into? (laughs) I'm trying to figure this out, but nevertheless, I guess that's too political right now. (laughs) So, man, we had a really cool day on Sunday. And even before we get into Sunday, I just want to say, what a cool year at School of the Spirit. We're having a great semester. We're kind of coming to the end. You've mm-hmm. had a phenomenal first round Absolutely. teaching. Yeah, it's been really, really, really powerful Yeah, to see how the Lord has moved, how I know. the Lord works through these classes, Yeah, and how um, even just all the topics in my class, I've been able to draw on the message from that week in church Yep, every week. Into, into the classes. Like There's always been something to see how, so how it, it just uh, lines up. Every week. And, and, and that's what I want to say, too. Shameless plug here. Shameless plug for School of the Spirit. Schoolofthespirit.church. We're going to take a little break for summer like we usually do, but we start right back up in the fall and September. So if you want to register, apply online, schoolofthespirit.church. It's always a tremendous opportunity. So we are so glad to have you jump in. I'm sending more people now. I'm like, you got to take Luke's Worldview course. You got to take the course because it's, it's good. Yeah. And I'm really excited to teach it again. Oh, man. Well, you're going to very soon. So get ready. So um, that's wrapping up, and I can't believe we're coming into summer. King's Academy Mm. closing out the final days of the first year? It seems like just yesterday. It's amazing. amazing. It has been so cool to watch this kind of take shape and take form. So kids, have a great summer, and we're looking forward to a brand new year. How about that gala? Oh, man. (laughs) The gala, gala, gala. That was amazing. Amazing. It's amazing. You hear about something like that and you think, okay, this is something that the world has really come to know how to do. But you walk in and you see the pictures of the kids, these giant pictures of the kids worshiping, young kids with their hands are raised. You see the video reels, you see all these different things. And it's like, wow. You know, and Pastor Zach, as he has and was this weekend, constantly driving home to passing it on to the next generation, making sure that everything that the Lord has given us we're passing on to the next generation and you mm. see it at Kings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like I can really say this cause I don't, I don't work for, for the school. No. Um, I, it's really important that we donate to this school mm. and, and, and part and partner with what the Lord is doing with our kids and with our families. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if, if you're, if you're like myself and you don't have children at the school um, and you're not affiliated with the school in any way directly, by being part of this church, we are part of that. Absolutely. And that is our work to steward. So mm-hmm. like anything else, I would just say, pray on it and ask the Lord, what, how should I uh, partner with, with the school? Is it with prayer or is it by giving a, a donation, helping with tuitions? That's you know, so good, Luke. See, see where it goes. I actually love that you have that perspective um, at, your, at your position in life. I, I used to think when I was a, a young youth pastor and just started having kids and they were just babies. And then even before I had kids, 
I always looked at what I was doing, pastoring other people's kids. I was like, I'm sewing into these teenagers now. Right. And someday when my yeah. kids are teenagers, like they are now, yep. I'm paving the way for somebody else to do the same thing. Absolutely. So when you do that yeah. financially, you're sewing into a school that you can't yet benefit from, mm -hmm. but your children right. will. Right. And your grandchildren and my grandchildren will, which is a really cool thought. Well, and the thing is, we do benefit from it if we think about things spiritually. It's good, because man. <laughs> it enhances the spiritual environment in which we we worship and and that's and, right and serve together that's right so yeah like you might not have a child there but it's you know I, the lord calls us to more than just that you know mm. like black and white linear thinking where it's yeah. like okay if i have a kid then it applies to me don't have a kid doesn't apply to me no when when, when we come into a community and it's we good, commit man. to a community yep. we commit to all of it and we have to always be seeking what is my role here how do i contribute. That's really good. That is the way that we as a church approach weddings and baby dedications, which is why we do them as public as possible and baptisms yes. because it's us as a community making a commitment to one another. And the more we're raising our kids, the more I'm realizing like, okay, it certainly takes a community. It takes a village to raise children. I am so <laughs> grateful for the the peers and the elders that I have here that help me with my children yeah. and the things they're able to share. So I love it. You're absolutely right. We are all benefiting mm -hmm. from that. I'm glad you shared that. It's good, dude. So on Sunday, yet another generational message. I hope we're picking up the themes here. I hope we're understanding these past two years of dialogue on Sunday messages. It is time. And so here we have, it, I guess, depending on which service you came to, you would have experienced one of two things. And in first service, um, Jamal is leading us in, in just, uh, just a real anointing on Sunday's worship. There always is. I, I feel weird even saying that, but you know, sometimes it's just like everything is set. Well, I think it's important that we, that we learn to catch the distinct anointing okay. for each Sunday. Okay. And so I, I think when we say that there was a real anointing, it's, oh, we, we caught what the Lord was doing yeah. and what the Lord was saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love when, when Jamal just paused and brought us to, he talked about the servant and I, I told him, I said, that was so good. Yeah. We, we teach this in school of the spirit. It's that concept of a bond servant. And it's somebody who started off as a servant or slave, but then in that year of Jubilee and that year of freedom, they've come after that seventh year, they've come to that place of freedom mm -hmm. and they now choose to stay with the master. The scripture says maybe You've provided for that servant a, a, a spouse and children and home. And that servant says, I have a good here. I want to stay. They become a bond servant and they have an all driven through their ear yep. to signify forever. I belong to my master. And it started in worship with Jamal saying, that is what Jesus has done with his piercings. How powerful was that mm -hmm. to think about? Yeah, the son of God who raised from the dead, rose from the dead, could have come with clean hands and feet and a side, but chose to forever be marked. By that piercing, mm -hmm. that should have caused us to pause right there and think about what we mean to him in a time where we're, we're being so bombarded with my life is worthless. I don't mean anything. I might as well just end it. These constant plaguing thoughts and yeah. haunts and torments that people yeah. experience. You matter so much mm -hmm. that Jesus had made himself eternally pierced right. for you. He doesn't still have wounds, they're scars, but he allowed those scars to stay there. I love that you're smiling because yeah. you know you because no, we need because because we need that yeah like you're saying we we forget yeah humans forget yeah and and we we minimize the the true value of mm. the image of God in us and and other people 
And that's what that's what the father sent Jesus for. Yeah. Was to redeem us and restore us back to that relationship mm-hmm. because we bear his image. Amen. So thinking about looking backwards on Sunday and thinking about Jamal didn't know where Pastor Zach was going and these things that are taking place in worship. And then, of course, again, if you came to first service, you would have seen Lily be called up on the stage. That's my oldest daughter. And I'm just I'm worshiping. I'm connecting with God. I'm totally tapped into what's going on. My hands are raised. And like, I put my hand down to like touch my daughter. I'm like, my daughter's not here. And I look around. She's, she's not typically running to the no, bathroom she at was this standing point. next to me. <laughs> I was like, having the opposite experience because I had my eyes closed. And then all of a sudden I hear her sing. I'm like, what? I'm like who is singing, who is singing? This? And I open my eyes and she's right there. This is wild. I'm like, whoa, Lily's on the stage. And I'm like, and then she went for it. Yeah. I said, Lily, yeah. this, I said, the most important thing, because she's so funny. She talked about how she, as soon as she was done, she ran off the stage and booked it. I saw You that. know, and it was yeah. so funny. But the thing is, I, I, what touched me more than anything wasn't, because, you know, everyone's like, hey, proud dad moment, proud dad moment. Sure. Yes. But what touched me more than anything was she said yes right. to the call. Right. When somebody said, you've got it right mm-hmm. now, and she went and she gave mm-hmm. it, I'm like, you just responded to your yep. Lord. Like, yep. you, that's awesome. Right. At 14, you chose to respond to the call of the Lord. Correct, because she's not obeying Jamal. That's right. Yeah. Jamal was obeying a prompting that's right. from the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then she obeyed. She obeyed. And it, it's, it's amazing. And, there, and there's so much um, prophetic significance mm-hmm. in that moment oh, yeah. when we get to the message. Yeah. Because you think Pastor Zach talking about one of the, one of the big questions from Pastor Zach's message was why are we struggling to transmit this to the next generation, to pass this on to the next generation? And it, it's so powerful. Again, if you think about the way that the service is laid out and the fact that we're fully submitted and surrendered to the Holy Spirit, you know, we're flesh, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, we're, we're, we're working to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's working in Jamal. I think he said he was even up all night. There was some things that he was stirring. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the Lord is working in him, unbeknownst to him, the Lord's working in Pastor Zach for this message. And then we see it come to play in this moment where we see, okay, we have to make sure we're continuing to pour in to this next generation and that they're not just one of the biggest things that was said to me. I could have been born on a pew like you. We, mm-hmm. we were literally oh, yeah. raised in church. Could have been born there. That's how often our parents, they were actively involved. I don't remember not going to church. Correct. Except for a period of rebellion. I always tell people, I can count on my hands the numbers of Sundays. Because even in rebellion, right. my parents made me go to church. Yep. So, you know. There you go. <laughs> but, but we were raised there. And you and I were raised in separate churches, but we were raised in church. And what was so powerful to me is when I was 18 and the Lord transformed my life, my pastor said, this is what it's all about. Not a child taking their parents' faith by osmosis, but literally coming into a relationship with the Lord themselves. And as parents, I do want to say, I, I really pray this through all the time. Our, our focus as parents is not to force or shove, but to create the environment. I've often said to the Lord, Lord, I know that it's between you and them, but you are looking to me to set the table, mm-hmm. to make sure that the environment's there. Am, am I making sure that I'm regularly bringing them to church? Am I making sure I'm regularly praying with them? Deuteronomy 6, keeping the word before their eyes, having the dialogue. So if I do those things, I'm not forcing, I'm not shoving, I'm not, I'm not demanding because mm-hmm. Jesus didn't demand. No. Holy Spirit's not demanding from me. So I'm trying to work with the Lord as a parent to set the table. And then he has room to reach them. He has right. room 
to connect with them. Right, right. But and, and that's what we're looking for yeah. is this this transmission yeah. of the inheritance. Yes. Now, where does the inheritance come from? That that's that's what we always have to ask. Yeah. Is okay. So where is this coming from? Because we are beneficiaries of the inheritance. Yes, we are, and our children are too. Yep. And it comes from the Lord. That's it. And the only way we walk in that mindset is when we understand that we are no longer slaves. Yeah. We are sons. Yes. So the there are servants and there are sons. And the the passage says like they're working together. Yeah. Okay. But only the only the inheritance belongs to the sons. That's it. Now from a New Testament perspective, like now that we understand who Jesus is, Jesus is the prince, you know, coming through the East Gate, all of that. Um, when, we, when we accept his gift of salvation, mm-hmm. spiritually, Absolutely. we become his sons and his daughters. That's it. Now, that mindset of servant to son, that, can, that takes time. It sure does. It sure does. You know, my mind... My mind instantly went to the, uh, the parable of what we call the prodigal son and his whole recount as he is finally, as he's eat, he would have gladly eaten the pods that the swine was eating. And his whole recount to himself is, I know that my father has hired servants who are eating better and are treated better than I am. I will go and make myself a mm-hmm. servant. Yep. And his whole thing as he comes back is father, father. I, I, I will become a servant to you. I'm a servant. I'm not worthy to be your son. And all you hear of the father say is, my son, my son, bring out the fatted calf. Here, my son who is lost has been found. He's dead. He's now alive. And you talk about that mindset, Luke. It does take time to begin to move into, hey, I am not. I am not a slave. I am not bound. I am choosing. Even even um. Paul's terminology in our New Testament, when he refers to himself as a servant or a bond servant and servant, that's the picture he's kind of hearkening back to is like, hey, Jesus Christ has set me free and I am free. Nevertheless, I've chosen to be bound to him for the sake of the gospel. So if we bring all that back to, you know, Paul's communicating in Romans about being joint heirs with Christ Jesus, we have taken on that role of sonship, whether we really can identify mm-hmm. with it or exactly. not, it does take time mm-hmm. to identify. Absolutely. But, but that's where, you know, like understanding the year of Jubilee and the, which, and the freedom yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's where that comes in yeah. because a servant is focused on the work mm-hmm. and their identity is in mm-hmm. work. But a son, yeah, they work, but it's from a different place. It's from a place of belonging and, and permanence. That's so good, Luke. And you freedom. Know, and freedom. And it's not about me anymore. It's about continuing this. It's, it's the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm passing this on to the next generation. And this continues. If you just think about the passage that we're reading here in the reference to the 49 slash 50 years of Jubilee, this time frame, uh, or the 49 years that it takes to get to the Jubilee, yeah. right? This, the seven sevens. Um, I'm thinking about this now, and it's like, okay, the servant who's operating not from the place of a son only has that window of time to produce and get what he needs Mm -hmm. from the land. That's the slave mentality. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I only have, oh, I'm I'm, I'm approaching this many years. Time's almost up. Time was almost up. But the son always has the land Mm -hmm. with him, will always retain that possession. Right, right. And and, and a really key um, 
difference between a servant and a, and a son um, is like where the identity comes from. Correct. Because when you're a servant, your identity is the work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and right? what you can produce. Yes. <laughs> yes. But as sons, like the work is not our identity. No, it's not. No. Wow. You, you, I love what you're bringing up here because I, I, I believe it was Sunday that Pastor Zach was saying, what has happened where Christians are just not expecting the work aspect of our relationship or the work aspect? Was that Sunday he was talking about that? I don't remember. Okay, I'm trying to piece yeah. it together. I told you before, there's a lot that happens lot between that happens. Sunday and Wednesday, yeah. and I'm always trying to piece it together. Um, and yeah, but, but that, that we are saved unto Good works is what Paul writes in Ephesians. And and James talks about that work. There is a work that is a natural byproduct. It's an overflow Mm -hmm. of being a son versus the work of the hired hand and the slave of like, this is all I have. Right. This is my identity, what I can produce. And I've only got so much time to produce. Mm -hmm. But I love it because we're not, we're not void of that need to work and till the ground, but we're not selfish and self-absorbed in the sense of, if you think back to some of the other things that Pastor Zach has said this year, discovering and talking with people who are spending their children and grandchildren's inheritance because they've lost sight right. of, no, this is not for me. Everything that I have is to pass on right. my relationship with the Lord, my, my everything. that I'm a good steward of everything to give to these children and right. grandchildren. Right, right. Well, um, what was really interesting was the day before Saturday, I had listened to a message by Chris Ballatin. Okay. And he was talking a lot about this concept of like where, like where your identity comes from, like in your mm. like spiritual giftings and, and in the callings and stuff like that. And it, so it was wild on Sunday to hear uh, yeah. the message. I was like, Oh, I thought this is all like kind of tying together. And uh, um, he talks about this like uh, works based uh, piece. Mm. Like if that's your identity is your gifting or, or what you do, then there's a, you feel threatened by others who can do it better. Mm-hmm. And because that's your focus. <laughs> yep. But if your identity is, it's not in, it's not in what I do. Yeah. It's in my calling. It's in who I am as a son, daughter yeah. of God. Like if, if that's where my identity comes from, then I'm not threatened anymore. That's it. And that's, and that's the, that's the thing like, that we see with the, the year of Jubilee and the servants and the, and the sons is the servants, when they, they understand, okay, when the year of Jubilee comes, like this reverts back to the sons. Yeah. So there's like this, um, this striving and almost like there can be like a resentment that Correct. Pastor I think so. Zach was bringing mm-hmm. up. But if you are a son, you're not, you're not thinking you're not like even that thinking anymore. About no, because like, and it's not about the work. It's about who I am. Yeah. And so this is what we're talking about um, and what I mentioned earlier, where it's like as believers, it can, it takes time and sanctification to transition from that mindset of servant to sonship, absolutely, to who we really are in Christ. But when we do that, there is so much freedom there Mm -hmm. because I'm no longer threatened by what other people are doing. So good. It's so good. I think back to, it was either last year or the year before, where you got up and you started ministering on a Sunday or a Tuesday night from Ephesians 1 about being seated with Christ in heavenly places. I think it's so important that, you know, a lot of people, uh, Bishop Kamanapali the week before last Sunday was talking about the power versus the authority and mm-hmm. how important it is. This place of authority that we have is not just for doing things on earth, 
It's important. Like I'm going to use a a tricky word here. I'm going to use the word position. Mm -hmm. Positionally, I need to know where I am with the Lord, right? And if I understand positionally, I'm a son, then I can rest. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Mm -hmm. I'm not striving to be a son. I'm not striving to be accepted. I've entered into sonship and became a joint heir with Christ Jesus the day I believed on his salvation, the day I believed on his work at the cross. Exactly. Right. So now everything that comes from that Mm -hmm. is a natural outflow of like, hey, I'm a son. Mm -hmm. I get to do this work. My father's always working is what Jesus said. The father's always working. I get to join in with him. Mm. And and now that that rises at some point in our life. I'm I'm 38. You're just a, a little bit younger, but at some point in our life, there's this part that hits us that it's no longer about me being something. No. You know? Yeah. You, yeah. you settle into that, right? Oh, yeah. You're like, okay, yeah. I'm yeah. not really worried about being anything. I do want to procure something for my children and mm-hmm. grandchildren. I want to make sure that they get, as I see the giftings, right. see Lily on the stage, yes. I see Noah and Eli and Bella. I want to make sure mm-hmm. that they have what they need to step into that call with the Lord. Oh, it better outlast us. Yes. It better. You know, and that's, <laughs> the, and that's the, and that's a true mark of the work of the Lord yes. is it will outlast. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Friday night, the youth group, the, yeah. they're all doing worship. Wow. They, it was 100. It's been, I would say 90% of the time, it's 100% youth led. Wow. And this it's is united, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it is so encouraging to wow. see because it's, it's not just them getting up and playing songs, mm-hmm. but they are really seeking the Lord. And there's, there's pauses. And then, and then kids get up and they share words that the Lord puts on their heart in, in worship. Yeah. So it is so good. What we see on Tuesday nights and Sunday night and um and Sunday mornings here mm. is happening on Friday Praise nights God. with with the kids. <laughs> so because we're not going after it, it, it yes, they are talented and it's exciting to see that. Yeah. But we're we're not going after that per se. We're going after the presence of the Lord and moving in his freedom and following after his voice. Yeah. And I think one of the things I found distinctly different here, to use your word from earlier, is that you find the children who are talented and they're investing in their gifts. Mm-hmm. Like I've got, I see the young people now, the way they're playing, they're spending yeah. hours learning, they're honing their craft because mm-hmm. they know that God has given it to them. And then they come and they use it here. And we teach them not just how to use their craft effectively and yep. with excellence, but in the spirit where it's a connection with God, it's honoring, it's worship. It's not just, hey, you're going to have this gift and you're going to be, man, people are going to pay big bucks to see you. Exactly. No, exactly. this is for the kingdom yeah. of God. Yeah. Your gift has been given for all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing the Lord's bringing to me about sonship is when I'm working the field as a son, I'm not just tied to that one corner of the field. Mm-hmm. Like if he moves me somewhere else, like to work in like a, like a, which could be a metaphor for something else, like a a ministry or a different place or whatever. If he moves you there, you're not, you're not perturbed because it's like nothing changes about who I am as a son. That's where my identity comes. It doesn't come from this particular little plot of land. I hope we hear what you're saying because I'm catching what you're saying and it's really, really good. Why? Because as the servant, we build our identity in that servanthood and what we're able to produce. No, this is my job. This is what I do. No, 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 no. You are not the sum total. Your existence is not the sum total of what you can produce. But that is what culture and religion has taught us. It's produce, 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 produce. You'll be accepted. You'll be accepted. It's like, no, 
you start from a place of acceptance, which is what empowers you by grace yeah. to do the work. And and who prepared the good works in advance? Yeah. It was God. God. <laughs> <laughs> we're quoting Ephesians 2, 8 yeah. through 10 right now is what we're doing. So it's awesome. Hey, Luke, I want to shift gears a little bit here. I think it's really critical. As we stated, you know, several moments ago, depending on which service you came to, you saw one of two things. And in second service, um, as worship was going on, you know, there was this scream from the back of the room and it was a loud scream. It, it was heard all the way to the front. And, and two things took place at that point. You know, right about the time that scream was taking place, um, a number of us in the building know, okay, there's somebody's going to experience some deliverance right now. And I'm going to get into was, that in a moment. It was very clear. Yeah, it was very clear. Like, okay. And I know I just, just a few moments later, it was time to bring our children to class. And so there were so many things going on I want to share, but I'm going to kind of break it down. This is the breakdown, right? Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to work backwards as I'm bringing my daughter to class. She's saying, dad, what's going on? That sounded really bad. Like somebody was getting hurt. Is, is this person okay? I said, yes, dear. I said, so here's what we have to understand. And I noticed I was one of many parents talking to my child about this. And what I love is the culture of our church is a number of us understand mm -hmm. the deliverance ministry and what's actually going on. So we're able to identify, hey, listen, um, there, there, there are demons, just yes. like there are angels, yes. and they are tormenting people. And when people come into uh, the presence, presence of, of the God, yep. those demons, just like when you read in your Bible, come on, we read it in our Bible. Mm -hmm. The, the scripture says a number of times that those demons fell down and worshiped the Lord mm -hmm. saying, what have we to do with you? Why are you here? You know, like they would come and they, they don't know how to react in the presence of God. It stirs it up. It stirs it yes. up. So talking with my daughter, hearing a couple of other parents do the same thing. I was so pleased to see, um, to use this loosely, the culture of our church only in the sense that we understand mm -hmm. the need for deliverance ministry. So to kind of play that out, what it really blessed me was by that end of that first scream, I saw Pastor John, I saw Pastor Zach, like our team, our prayer team, mm -hmm. who has worked with Pastor John in the deliverance ministry, knew where to go and what to do. And I just, I just personally began to rejoice as somebody who has gone through the deliverance ministry of our church and been so extremely blessed by it. I just began to rejoice for somebody who's going to experience and is, did experience some deliverance on Sunday and will continue to experience mm -hmm. being set free by the spirit of God. Right. Because this is what's happening. Yes. Is like there's, yes, she, she, she's tormented, but there's something in her that knows I need the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it, it brought her to our house. Yep. And then the pre the, when the spirit of the Lord moves, like this is what Pastor Zach alluded to this in the, in the message as well. Yeah. Like things happen. Yeah. And, and so, you know, just as, as the spirit of the Lord is calling to her, the demons in her are pulling back and they're reacting to the presence of the Lord. But mm. this is what happens. And this is when we, when we pursue the Lord, things fall off and we come from that mentality of slave yep. into that of a son or a daughter. Yeah. I just want to say, if we want to sit here or stand here in the 21st century and say, hey, guys, demons are not a thing of our day. Like, we don't need to be talking about that. They shouldn't show up in church. I'm just going to say, number one, read your Bible. Number two, oh, yeah. just, just yeah. turn it's on Netflix through, and it's Amazon. All, it's all Disney. through the New Testament. They, everybody understands oh, yes. the horror, yes. demonic. It's oh, real. And so I don't know why, no, no, you know, no, why we real. might be, you know, raising and kicking this, these questions up. It's like, hey, it's real. We don't need to be afraid. No, this is no, the, this is the next part. It's like not. what I love about our church is we understand Pastor John. He's been on the show before. It's been amazing. He's done training in the last year at our church. It's been absolutely amazing to see 
how God is setting people free. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful experience to see like, wow, okay, you don't have to remain bound. Can you just imagine? I just want to like place this out there in our world where we have deduced everything down to say an illness or a mental illness, not to say that these things aren't that sometimes, but when some type of reaction happens like that, can you imagine somebody who says like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm not welcome anywhere, but at our church, we know you're going to encounter the living God right now, if you really want to, because the spirit of the Lord brought you here. You've been drawn by the Lord and we're going to honor the fact that he desires you. He desires you to enter into relationship with him unhindered to have no more torments. God, let's see that set free. That's awesome. And so I just want to kind of jump on the other side of like, okay, we have been told for a long time, we are not spectators. We are, we are not spectators even in worship. So therefore, no. we're not spectators in this. We're participants. Mm-hmm. We're praying. We're pressing in. We're praying in the spirit. We're saying, okay, God, Lord, you're going to bring some deliverance right now. It's going to be awesome. Exactly. And, and it's that confidence and that, assure, that, that assuredness, yeah. that, that attitude, that's where we operate from. Because that's what, the, that's what the Bible says, is, you know, like Satan has been defeated. Mm-hmm. Okay? So in all authority has been given to to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we're not walking in our own authority, we're walking in Christ's authority. That's right. And Christ has defeated death. He has defeated Satan. So when we when when these things happen, it's we don't react from fear. That's right. Cuz anytime we we respond in fear, that is not of God. Yeah. That That's is right. not of God. Right. We are reverting, like as the apostle John <laughs> says, you know, like perfect love casts out all fear. That's it. So there is no fear in love. That's and it's right. that simple. I love yeah. how he makes I it know, simple. Man. You know, because we need that. These situations four, yep. can be complex, yeah. but we bring these simple, you know, barometers with us of love and fear. So it's good, man. I'm, I'm living from a place of love that comes from Christ. And it's the promise of a sure victory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke, I, I really, and we stress it at school. We stress it at School of the Spirit, and we stress it as a church. Um, in these days that we're living, I mean, I just have to say, like, these are the days that as a young minister and as a young believer, I prayed for, I longed for. I, I count myself really, really blessed right now to live in the time that we are living. It's an honor. I'm like, God, I used to feel like I was giddy and saying, Lord, where are the works and miracles of our fathers? Where, where are the things? I haven't seen these things in my lifetime, and I feel so blessed. Mm. To be able to see right here, like not again, not to be a, a spectator, but to be an active participant with what the Lord is doing. I hope Absolutely. we're paying attention yeah. because the Lord is calling back a generation. I don't know if we're paying attention. It's happening. Luke, I'm going to say something to you and I'm going to say it to everybody listening, something that I've been experiencing. God is sending people, not just to this church, not just to this building. He's sending people to you. He's sending people because he knows he can trust you. To you, the listener, mm. the audience, he Amen. knows he's sending Amen. people. And so we have to be ready to receive, always be ready to receive and to share this good news. And the way we are ready is by reminding ourselves of who we are. That's it. Living from that place of love. Yeah. But the love that comes from knowing I am his son. Mm -hmm. You are his daughter. Yeah. And when you live from that place, the enemy really can't do much to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you're walking in that love and you know who you are. You know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So when he tries to feed you these thoughts, when he tries to feed you these temptations, you're like, no, that's, that's, I don't want that because mm-hmm. I know who I am. That's it. 
It's so good. This is just the beginning. Um, I, I'm really excited about what God is doing. And, and I think Pastor Zach mentioned, or somebody mentioned, it's not goosebumps. It's not about goosebumps. When the Spirit of God moves, it's not just about the goosebumps and all these different things. But you could see, you know, during this, what was happening was that those who were here who know began to press in deeper and press into a, a deeper place mm-hmm. of worship. Um, and that's really what it's about. God is moving. We're going to see some amazing things in our time. Nevertheless, as it was in the day of Jesus, it's not about signs and it's not about wonders. Jesus said, many are going to come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do this in your name? They say, I never knew you apart from me. Like, what's the secret then? The secret is to know him. Right. And and he says it. He's like, do not, like, don't be amazed that the demons, uh, (laughs) you know, respond to you. Yeah. (laughs) But rejoice that your Your names are written in the book of life. I know. Again, going back to, you are a son. You are a, daughter. a son. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So, hey, we pray again, however you're using this breakdown podcast in your greenhouse or mm-hmm. in your family dialogue. We pray that it's a blessing to you. We pray that it it spurs on dialogue and discussion Amen. with your friends yeah. and your family. That's why Luke and I share it. And thank you so much for joining us today. I will pray. You have any final remarks? No. All right. Just going to say, oh, we love it when you come and give us your feedback in oh, person yeah. too. Yeah. It's really fun to get to meet you and, I know. and see the faces of those who are listening. I will say this. I sent David a gala picture. You and I snagged a picture at the yeah, gala last week. So <laughs> if you want to know what we look like, if you never know, we told David to post this picture, either that or he'll come take a better picture. At some point. It will at some point. Yeah. So you will be able to see who we are. But all right, Father, we thank you for the honor and the privilege that we have to be able to share these few moments together on the breakdown and talk a little bit about Uh, not just our church and what you did on Sunday, but how you moved supernaturally and continue to move as we lean into you. Uh, Let us always continue to model what it means to dialogue about your word and your spirit. Thank you for how you're using this time to unearth your scripture and unearth uh, what takes place on a Sunday morning. So we trust you. We're grateful for you. Thank you that each and every one of us would have a heart that's willing and obedient. That's really what it takes. They are willing and obedient. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of Mm. the land. And that's what our hearts desire. And so help us just to remain willing and obedient and to respond as you tell us to. Lord, we love you. We trust you. Help us to settle into the place of sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, everybody, I'm Luke. And I'm Kurt. That's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week. You're giving me up.